Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022, the Players' Championship Bets, Picks, Preview, and of course, the one and done towards the end of the show. Remember to smash the like button for the episode in the comment section. Give me your winner. Sub to Mayo Media Network in the description. Click on the Listener's League on DraftKings. Let's fill that up as quickly as possible so we max it out. For the Masters, only 5,000 spots this week, $75,000 of rake-free guaranteed money. Let's try to push that to 100000 for the Masters contest. Once that comes around, plus I want to remind everyone that I'm giving away multiple $100 bonuses to anyone. Well, at least you get into a draw for $100 uh, if you rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Subscribe to it, rate it five stars, review it, include your Twitter handle or email address, and boom, you are in that draw. We'll be announcing the winners live on Wednesday show, noon Eastern time, as we wrap up the week to get you ready for everything. Jeff Feinberg is on the line. You ready for the, the first real big event of the season? Super pumped. Even you know, saw the odds boards, even how they develop from what people had out last week to what they have this week. We're clearly, you know, year in, year out. It takes going to Florida for people to sometimes remember how insanely wild and amazing Florida can be from the Honda to the API, even next week at the Valspar and the teeth that one brings out and the winning score that one brings out totally wild. And, you know, is this a week again with this early weather? Maybe live betting i mean both guys that won these two florida events pat were a hundred to one at some point on the weekend at least there was a widely available hundred to one um both borders book uh here going into saturday morning on scotty scheffler uh so yeah i don't know florida just brings out the wild and last week we got that last year that crazy jt live line that people were able to crush so I don't know. Love Florida. The chaos. And even the JT line from last year wasn't even a good line. It was 40 to one after two rounds. And I think he was one shot off the cut line at that point, like eight or nine strokes back. It just all the numbers pointed to him having a resurgent weekend. And he did. Not only that, Pat, like I'll, I hit that JT last year, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm, I'm betting it. I'm seeing the stats. I only hit it because a book left it stale as he got his amazing Saturday going. Like, okay, now I'll bet it. Wasn't like I had the foresight to bet it beforehand. I was just lucky to get a a stale number, which I guess sometimes you can get in these chaos events where there's always going to be a preeminent name at the top 
which makes everyone else, even really good players, numbers, you know, get that much bigger because the, you know, the perception is the guys at the top will be the guys at the top because they're really good at golf. Scotty Scheffler wins for the second time this season. So I guess uh, once you win once, you can just un- unlimited amount of wins are coming your way. Another T2 for me in the outright betting market with Billy Ho. What, what a week to stop playing each ways uh, to take that enhanced offering on Billy Horschel. But hey, here we are. Had a really good DraftKings week. If we hit the, we hit the props on Thursday, I think me, myself, Rick Gaiman, who's going to be on the show tomorrow, by the way, as we do the player-by-player, that'll be out later in the afternoon. If you're wondering where that show is, probably around, I don't know, like 5 p.m. Eastern time, maybe a little bit before that on the pod and video feed. Either way, uh, we crushed the whole 16 props and everyone banked money on Thursday. And then if you got back into it on Sunday and just took overs on everyone's score, you also probably profited pretty well on that too. But here's some people that really cleaned up this week on DraftKings. Nick Basia won 2300 bucks. John Gaffin won a $17,000 ticket into the Fantasy Golf World Championships in conjunction with our new partners at RunPureSports.com who are handling the Thursday Night Live and the Friday Night Live showdown. So tune into that on Mayo Media Network. Uh, Ryan Baroff, Jeff, he won a ticket to... How sullied is the Fantasy Golf World Championship that Baroff's in it? I didn't see that. I Wow, okay, I'm going to have to send him a, a shout-out. But yeah, I guess there. I get the, the vibe... The positive vibes just went down a whole bunch at the world championships is what you're saying. Congrats to Baroff. I was, I woke up this morning. I had so many people that seem like they're regular viewers of the show. Uh, Perception might be my reality here, but it seems like it was a fantastic week for, for so, so many people, big, big wins. I like you, Pat, you know, I, I Vic T2 and you know, it is what it is. Uh, on. Even more, Brian Lynch won the Minimax this week on DraftKings. Matt Mullen won the $3 for $7,650. But the big winner was our guy Holden played one entry into the $20, one entry into a single entry, and won $62,500. I think he was in for 150 bucks total. So to Let's beat- me know it's possible. Yeah, I know. Let's <laughs> me know it's possible. That's how, I, that, how he plays is honestly how... Outside of the weeks, I really overexpose myself. That is pretty much like 85% of how I do golf DraftKings. You know, I don't have a DraftKings show. No one's looking for my DraftKings take. I'm a single entry, three entry max kind of guy. I don't want to swim with you and whatever the monsters and their data. But but thank, way to go, man. Way to go. What a win. And it that, that one gives me faith like the Bengals going to the Super Bowl it just gives you faith that these things are possible uh one thing in common with I think all those people fantasynational.com to do your stats generate your lineups and make sure that you have all of the information fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20 percent off that let's talk about the weather because that's been the big narrative so far on at least Monday morning is trying to project out what's going to happen we even discussed doing the cut sweat show but it might be useless to do a cut sweat show on Friday night because it looks like there's going to be an incredible amount of rain at TPC Sawgrass this week and an incredible amount of wind. But there's also thunderstorms in the forecast, like unlike what happened at the Honda Classic to Shane Lowry a few weeks ago where there was no electricity in the clouds. There's going to be this week. So we might not see the final round or the second round at least conclude until Saturday morning at some point. Yeah, I was going to say, if we want to do a cut sweat show, maybe it should be like a breakfast cut sweat <laughs> on, on Saturday based on the the early reports. A lot of people tell you the weatherman lie, but something to pay attention to. We're in Florida. 
the odds board very enticing uh hard not to take lots of nibbles but maybe it's something you just sort of want to to monitor uh clearly but you said it you mentioned a couple guys that if you're just got to make suggestions on pure mutters you know there there are a few of them out there well is this going to change your strategy this week versus the type of guy that you want to take like in ideal conditions you can win this at like 20 under par in these conditions from what we're seeing right now it could be the the thing that popped into my mind was remember how difficult the year was when c woo won when it was like louis and jb holmes and kyle stanley and keegan bradley and then on the sunday polter and c woo played the best out of those guys and they ended up going up to the top but birdies were tough to come by that year uh, and the ball striking from Si Woo was just amazing uh, at that point. He started finally making his putts after he didn't make any through the first two days. So he was a nice live betting opportunity through two rounds as well when you looked at the numbers. We've seen that with Justin Thomas, too, a guy who was striking it really well, and the numbers just pointed to, well, if this guy actually makes a putt or two inside 10 feet, all of a sudden he's going to be at the top of the leaderboard. Do you think you're going to save some money to bet in-game here? Yeah, I mean, I always find myself betting in game yeah yeah yeah, yeah but, 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 but there's a difference there's a difference between saving your money to fire a few bullets and you firing all your bullets and saying screw it i'm gonna redeposit and bet anyway <laughs> uh yeah probably but i don't know i like doing the show i gotta make a, a betting card um so we'll see there are a few guys that i like to just put my faith in but yeah clearly i would think exposure gonna save something for sure for for the live betting market but for me it's more like catching the book being bad than some statistical overnight move i want to make if that makes any sense like that's where i would try to save it for Sure. Is this going to affect the way that you pick your players, though? Because in ideal conditions, there's a certain skill set of player that you want in muddier conditions, windier conditions, tougher conditions. All of a sudden, maybe the the old gutless Euros might be the ones that you want to go after. Yeah, of course. I mean, the way that API and Honda sets up for this like cheeky, crafty Euro potentially to come and, and take it doesn't really feel that way nearly as much with the players as you mentioned that it does sort of become guys are able to score nice conditions on a Pete Dye course like a handful of players play perfectly well guys are shooting insane the other way there's an ability to just be in the fairway and attack at all times despite the landmines on on this Pete Dye setup but this one unlike these other Florida events can can play you know, doesn't necessarily play to that game. Like, you just remember guys can run train here, like the way Webb did, for example. Yeah. Like, Web- you get just getting a vibe here, and, and you can just leave the pack behind. Like, you're playing a different course. And Pete Dye courses allow allow for that. Oh, most definitely. They're going to screw with your sight lines. Or I mean, the abundance of water at this course. It's in play everywhere, but it's just like mentally very taxing. And that's sort of the design of Pete Dye, where he's just going to give you these weird sight lines. He's going to mess with your mind. And hopefully you have the mental fortitude to do it. And like, there's very specifically certain guys that have played a Pete Dye courses really well uh, over and over, whether it's, you know, in stacked fields like this, whether it's at major championships, or it could even be something to the effect of, oh, the, the Amex and the two rounds that you end up playing there, the three that we saw a year ago when Siwoo ended up winning, the Heritage. So you can kind of pick and choose which ones that you want to go with. Last thing before we jump into the odds. 
Rory was kind of getting killed for his statement after the Arnold Palmer Invitational, basically calling it unfair. And I think what he was saying, uh, it was... It wasn't necessarily related to his poor performance that he was talking about. It was actually enticing people to go play at Bay Hill the week before the Players' Championship for half the purse that the players are going to see this week. But it seemed like a lot of players were frustrated, not necessarily with the long rough. Like, golf is, can be really hard at times. The wind can make it super difficult at times. But it's the players not being rewarded for good shots that it was almost impossible to do anything on 17 yesterday. Like, uh, Billy, Horschel, Billy Horschel hit about as good of a shot as you could hit on 17 and he couldn't even get the stick on the green. So I think there's sort of a fairness element. Same thing that we saw was at Shinnecock Hills a few years ago when Phil just finally had enough and started hitting his ball while it was still movies. Like, this is just unfair. Like, I can't get the ball to stop on this green. What am I supposed to do? Uh, it really takes the actual skill element out of it. You just have to hope to get lucky. So there was the Rory comments, but do you think it's the guys that played this week at API? Is there anything to that they might just kind of be drained from what was a super brutal weekend? Clearly a mentally exhausting um, week for all those guys that contended and how much that drained. Even when the amount of putts, Pat, that we saw missed by, you know, bad short putters, good short putters, like everybody. The bad, the real bad ones got exposed all through the week. And there were so many short misses all throughout the week that even there was no moment to not have, you know, full focus. So I'm sure that in some way can play a role as someone that bet hovland is no secret like for hard hard and fair very hard and fair is like a perfect setup for hovland but very hard and like unfair is almost you're like uh oh can i ever bet hovland again if it's going to potentially be like crazy hard do you know what i mean but he's the perfect player for very hard I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That shit was crazy. And I'm going to give Rory a pass. And I know a lot of people do like to pile on your favorite quarterback, your starting pitcher. They all get to take a shower before these microphones are put in their face. This guy signs a scorecard that shows 76 for the second straight day. And like you put a microphone in your face, you know, without even having 40 minutes to like take a breath. Even Lowry got caught saying something last week he might have regretted and, and you know, just I don't I don't know, man. I, I don't hold too much weight into what they say directly walking off the golf course when they're pissed. Well, the Rory thing was just completely taken out of context. because I believe the question was actually about how do you enhance the field at Bay Hill to make this into a premier event? And then he said the comments that he said. Uh, was he and, like a spokesman for it? Like, I mean, is he I, the guy out there trying to make the field bigger? I don't I don't know. MasterCard needs to sponsor better players than Justin Rose and Ian Poulter. <laughs> Maybe, but this, but when Arnie was alive, everyone would come because they wanted to meet Arnold Palmer and play at his tournament. Now that he's passed, and it's been a couple years now, that the field strength just isn't kind of the same. Now, Rory does end up playing every year. You get a good international influx, and you have some very top-end players, but everyone isn't playing at Bay Hill, and it's a bad placement on the schedule the week before the players. Do you want to go put yourself through that? And he even said, like, if the course is... I believe the comments were more contextualized as if the course is unfair and is perceived to be unfair, why would anyone want to come play this a week before $20 million is up for grabs? I totally agree with that. 
I mean, if it doesn't allow you in any way, if you are grinding through unfair, competitive, unfair situations for four straight days, it does not help you prepare for the biggest court, uh, the biggest purse on tour than say a fair, like, cause all, all sawgrass is, is rewarding great shots and, and you will pay a price for bad ones, right? Like consistently through our entire lives. For the most part. I know there's an element of unfairness and gimmick to it, but we see guys get their great shots rewarded. So I guess that makes sense. Rory in some ways feels like he's an ambassador for the event. I think he really likes the event, Um, you know, and I would say in a weird way is what you are saying is what Rory is saying is watch yourself. People, you don't want to become the Byron Nelson because it's a slippery slope. Hell, I mean, the Byron Nelson's always going to be bad. Hell, don't become Pebble Beach. No, but I just mean a tournament that was, at one time, Byron Nelson sat there in a chair, too, and greeted you off the golf course, and it was an absolute honor. And people would, you know, would come out of respect for, for him. So... You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Rory, uh, maybe Rory needs to take the reins on this tournament. Still call it the Arnold Palmer Invitational, but almost like how Tiger is the the host at the Genesis, and we've seen the fields at Riviera year after year get better and better. Maybe Rory needs to do that for Bay Hill. That sounds like a great suggest. If that's something Rory wants to do in on on stateside, then that seems like a great opportunity. I don't know. I mean, it has Arnold Palmer, so you're gonna, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe a better bet for him could be Honda, but I guess if he wants to give it that jump start, that's something he could consider. Rory also, at the moment, in his mind, probably feels like I got a lot of clout around here. Well, I just helped I, you save this whole machine. Yeah. So, and maybe that's overrated for us to say it, but there's a perception out there that Rory, you know, swings a big one. And he, he matters, and he's a guy that you – he gets a couple gimmies or what I want at the moment right now as it pertains to – I don't know if the head office is still in Palm, is still in Palm Beach or, or, or if they've moved it. I guess it used to be in Sawgrass. I believe – I don't know. I think I, they're I, moving I, it I, to Austin. But nonetheless, Rory's got sway at wherever – headquarters is these days i thought they moved it to connecticut or maybe that was just the tv broadcast or the, like the tv and yeah, broadcasting that was golf channel i that's think right. yeah yeah the yeah, pga is still link. located there that's how we get all the good cameras i mean that's something we need to talk about for this and how awesome the i mean i don't love the players i don't lo- i like this course to watch it on tv but it's such it's such a phony event like they, they dye the water to make it tv ready obviously we're going to be able to live tune in on demand to any player live that we want you can do it with espn plus in the states worldwide you can do it with golf.tv as how we'll be watching it i got the eight screens all ready to go so i can watch them all at the same time i just hope it doesn't get rained out because i want to have that complete setup almost like my sunday football setup where anyone i want to watch at any time i can do it this is the template moving forward for what daily fantasy players want, for betters want, or even just fans of specific players that you just never get to see on TV. This is the premier event. It went off pretty flawlessly last year, to tell you the truth. And I think in 12 months in the meantime, that they've probably been able to improve it just a little bit. And listen, I, I know that some people want to see commentary on every single grouping, but there's something kind of fun to seeing Zach Johnson eating a sandwich in just the live stream of Zach Johnson and his group. Like, that's fun to watch to me. Yeah, we also got like 
the play-by-play of Mullerkawa finding out he almost killed Rory Sabatini, <laughs> feeling like he's going to have to deal with that. And that might have been the Masters, though, not the the players or just any live. I don't know. Yeah, do, I like, do, 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 do we really I'm just think I like Rory Sabatini wasn't in the Masters? Come on. I really like the the. I enjoy that um, any of the that commentary and like you said that. Um, the no audio sort of things that you can pick up there. What I do want to say though, Pat, is if there were to be an event that were to get totally screwed with weather and timing and windows for like TV, wouldn't this be the ideal one? Cause this is the one where they're offering us still all this access. Oh, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. This is going to be great. No matter what time the golf starts or ends, I'm going to be able to watch all of it. So yeah, I think you're right. In that regard, it's not going to be fun for the Tim Andercuss of the world, who I'm watching NBC, damn it, and that's the only way I knows how to do it. On his iPad, right? Instead no, no. Of hitting the button that would put it onto the TV. Yeah, yeah, he's watching it on his phone, on his like little mini phone when it just could be streamed, projected onto the TV directly in front of him. Uh, instead of having Rory as the host at Bay Hill, I mean, the coverage did say that Ricky Fowler is basically Arnold Palmer, so why not just call it the Ricky Fowler Invitational? <laughs> I miss that. I miss I miss that. They do some wild things. It's hard. I, I get it, but they that they, they're able to say some wild things. They're the they're broadcasts. the Azinger and golf commentators are the only broadcasters or at least color commentators in any sport that can get away with just saying subject or factually incorrect things and just it doesn't matter it it does not matter it didn't even exist i don't know it's weird so i'm just tightening like like imagine like you're watching the cbs football game and tony romo's like you know what Jameis winston I mean, he's he's got Brett Favre tendencies, but he's basically Joe Montana is what we're talking about here. And people are like, what the hell are you talking about, Romo? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue with that in any Cor- now, this way. Th- this, this Corey Connors, Jeff, really good putter. One of the best putters out there. Really? Is he now? Mackenzie Hughes, the Brooks Kepka of Canada, Pat. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Big bomb and Mackenzie Hughes. All right, let's get into the odds. And Tim is not on the show, so I'm saving everyone from Tim on this one. Uh, We're not logistically set up, and he's at work. But he has given us, Jeff, the three players who are undercursed for the Players' Championship. You know what they are. You've already bet, I think, two of the three, haven't you? One. Just one. One of them. One of them. The other one now just has to win the Masters because... That's the plan. The game is trending to win the Masters, but you you take it away, Patrick. So he gave us his three picks like he does at every single big event, so Tim will be on the Masters show, so don't worry about Tim, and we're going to be doing some cuss corners here pretty soon. Once we get Tim in studio on camera, it's going to be a laugh. But coming in third place, he's taking Webb Simpson, who hasn't played since the Sony Open because of injury. Do you think Tim knows that? No. (laughs) Okay. Coming in second place, your guy, and Tim's already used him as a one and done earlier this year. I bet him last week, and he looked pretty good outside of really the Saturday round. Adam Scott, former winner of the Players' Championship. You look at the Scott statistics, Pat. I'm telling you, it's trending. The putting, the around the green stuff, like it's trending for him to peak at the Masters. 
Coming in first place, and I put this in the newsletter. You can sub to the newsletter down in the description, by the way. It's free. It's coming out every night uh, leading up to Thursday. So new information, new updated ownership percentages, giveaways, everything like that. Louis Oosthuizen, no surpriser, probably the most cursed player of the past three years, is Tim's pick to win the Players' Championship. This might set up well for Louis in the majors because now he can't be used in a major. This is really disappointing for me, Pat. I bet uh, Louis, I listen, I bet him last week at 45. Seems a little silly. I bet him again this morning at 64 because you got to do that once you're in it, you know. I got too excited. I needed a taste last week, uh, but led the field in birdies. At least he did maybe into the final hour of the event at um, where were we? The Honda. I can't resist. I, I bet Louie this week, but would you not say even as someone who hates Tim Anderson or even as someone that doesn't respect, loves him, but doesn't respect his opinions on things. There's some semblance to the truth that the, that if there's ever an event to be on the side of Tim Anderson, it is Tim Anderson at the Players' Championship. Big game hunter. This called Rory McIlroy called that Hideki Matsuyama win a few years ago. <laughs> Over under amount of times we're going to hear Tim gloat about picking Hideki to win the Players, the unofficial championship he gave him during the COVID year. Over under this week, like four and a half. It's hey, on his official, he, like, He's not even going to be on the show, him, and you're going to have to hear about it. If you asked him, if you were like the the IRS, and you know Tim had to send in his documents, and they like needed a list, an official list of his winners or something, Hideki Matsuyama, 2020 Players Champion, would be there with no asterisks or side note. Uh, of course, for anyone new to the show, Hideki did not win the players in 2020. It was canceled before even the first round had been completely completed because it got pushed to the next day, and then we didn't have golf again for like three months. So that's what happened there. DJ and Brooks were the two that I wanted to start with. DJ right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, 40-1. to 1. I posted on Twitter this morning when the odds got readjusted Brooks came in at 50 to 1. I said, if you want this, Brooks, you want it now before it goes to 35 to 1. I might even be wrong on that. It might even go to like 28 to 1 by the time it's all done. We both bet the 50. At least I did. I'm pretty sure you did too, right? Yeah, we spoke about it this morning. That stood out to me. I even spoke about it, I think, on last week's show that I, even on the miscut, I got this vibe that Brooks, I think he's ready. I think he's ready. So. He, also, he also didn't miss the cut. He came like 14th at the Honda. <laughs> Okay, so there, even better. <laughs> well, I, that, what... I, I wrote about this this week in my preview column for the players that there's this perception around Brooks so far in 2022 that he's been, like, objectively horrible. And that's not really been the case. He missed the cut at Torrey, and he missed the cut at Riviera. And that sticks out for people because those are the two tournaments that everyone watched this year. But those are super... I think I was referring to Riviera then. Okay, but, I mean, he came third at the Waste Management. And then at the Honda, he dominated ball striking. He actually gained a little bit putting, not too much, but ended up coming T14, I believe it was. He has two top 15 finishes in two of his three past starts, and they're hanging 50 to ones on him. Like, this is still Brooks. This is a big event. I identified TPC Southwind, where they had the WGC St. Jude, now a playoff event, uh, as probably the 
best corollary if you're looking at the top end of players this week because that's where all the top guys end up playing and that's one that has what it's a waterlogged course guys have to deal with the water everywhere it has that random variance element to it I mean Brooks won it he came second he came second and third back when it was just the St. Jude Classic Justin Thomas uh, ended up with the win there obviously Abraham Answer ends up breaking through uh, he's someone who's really dominated at Pete Dye of course has played really well in his two turns at the players in his career so I just really like Brooks for this course I think that there's a lot more positive and they listed him at 50 to one even at 40 to one I, th- I think he's a good bet and I think he's a better bet than DJ right now because at least we've seen elements of life at a Brooks like he has shown the capacity to come in third and tied for 14th what have we seen from DJ like nothing would be the answer to that but he's still 40 to one are we really gonna let a 40 to one Dustin Johnson pass us so like you I made the move to to make a move on Brooks. I didn't, I haven't, or was in no rush to do the same with Dustin, despite thinking, um, you know, clearly this whole board, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but how do you put it? This is a fun board to make. You woke up, you saw Brooks 40, 50, Dustin at 40, uh, you know, even Cantley at 25, like two weeks ago, you'd be like, there's no way I can't lay at 25 if I want to in the player. So it seems like there's a path to building a really fun card this week. The one thing, because two people have already said this to me, you cannot compare like this week's odds to master's odds. This tournament is probably much harder to win than the masters or at least predict. Yes. Predict many pre- regards. Predict like, is the better answer there only because, yeah. and, and I would say this one of two ways. One, Course experience at Augusta really means something year over year over year. There's very specific skill sets that end up winning at Augusta year after year after year. That's why you see the same people inside the top 20 year after year after year. This course, I mean, it's not long. It's just over 7,200 yards. It's a par 72. There's water everywhere. You can take yourself out of this tournament immediately. But the biggest difference between the Masters and this, just when you start thinking about skill sets, is that I really do believe that any skill set can win at Sawgrass. Brian Stewart could theoretically win here. He legitimately has zero chance to win the Masters. Now, that's probably because he never qualifies for the Masters because he's not very good, but I could see, like, if you just told me that Brian Stewart, I don't even know if he's in the field or not. I'm just using him as a short hitter, pretty good with his irons, putts well on Bermuda. If he ended up winning the Players' Championship, you'd look at it and be like, wow, that's a long shot. I can see it. Yeah, long shots should never really shock you that much at the Players' Um, you know, it goes to the field size, it goes to the field strength, it goes to the amount of players in the field that actually have a pulse, you know, compared to, to what the Masters represents. And, you know, so that's why this odds board is fun uh, and it's double up, you know, almost what you're looking at, not double, but, you know, you, you want to see, compare this to what we'll have to bet in what, like 28 days at the Masters, such a finite, as Brooks would say, um, even Brooks Kepka, I don't think is surprised if a long shot wins the players, you know, he doesn't make that list of 30, I think with a pulse at an event like this, like he would, like we all kind of do, to be honest at the masters. This is another good reason that all of the good futures in golf 
the ones that we got accustomed to six, seven years ago, that we could really find diamonds in the rough to bet at long odds. And by the time that they would come along, you know, they would be half their price or even a third of the price that we got them at. That doesn't really exist anymore. All of these books, especially since sports betting has been legalized in the U.S., that they don't want to get taken on golf futures anymore. They will even to look at the players championship odds from last Friday to the actual release on Monday morning, like Spieth last week was 30 to one. He's 60 to one. Now he's 12 to one to win the masters at DraftKings Sportsbook at highest. He is anywhere. I think is 16 to one. You can bet if it's 60, six, zero to one instead of one, six to one this week, like future betting in golf is basically dead. Yes. Also, the main reason because of that, Pat, that future betting is dead, that it really takes your guy to be Scotty Scheffler to lose the number because there's so much competition in the marketplace now. This is really going to be the first week of the year. Um, These preeminent events, the players and the majors, they really do get the books competing with each other for the marketplace, whether it's each way placings or boosts. So if that book has any balls. They'll run their data and say, we should boost Brooks, you know, big game what, you know, let people run to it. I'm kind of hoping that they do too, Pat. Um, Nonetheless, the competition in the marketplace to lose your number substantially or even remotely seems like 90% of the field will get better from the time you want to make your future bet. There'll be a small percentage of players. There'll be that Scotty Scheffler that's going to, be that, you know, what what has happened. Um, but for the most part, you're not going to lose your number because the week of the big event, what just happened today based on the early players' numbers will kind of happen for all the majors. Now, granted, we're not going to get the amount of players with great numbers at the Masters because as we've just spoken through, that is a very finite group, but we'll get it for like the PGA and the British and the U.S. Open. I promise you we will. Does watching Luke List miss four-foot putts make you nauseous? Well, I got a solution. You got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. How it works is Relief Band stimulates the nerve in the wrist that travels to a part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. It's like the name says, it's legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give yourself relief from nausea and you change the intensity depending on how you're feeling to make it stronger or weaker. It's that simple. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients, but now through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. I started wearing it and listen, it's been helping my hangovers in the morning, so that's what I can really go prove from my end of the situation. I My wife seems to be really enjoying it as well, so she feels much better in the morning, too. Plus, the product is 100% drug-free, it's non-drowsy, provides all-natural, long-lasting relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. Relief Band makes a great gift for any time of the year, but right now, they've got an exclusive offer just for Pat Mayo Experience listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code MAYO, 
you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30 day money back guarantee. That's the best offer you'll find for Relief Band anywhere, but you got to use my code. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code MAYO for 20% off plus free shipping. All right, let's talk favorites. Go to the very top of the board at DraftKingsSportsbook.com. If you want a match deposit, you can always use code DOP over at DraftKingsSportsbook.com. They have some like weird free bets that are over there, so highly suggest you go check that out. John Rahm is the betting favorite, along with Justin Thomas, the defending champion. Both are 10 to 1 right now. Rory and Morikawa, 16 to 1. Hovland and Cantley, 20 to 1 along with last week's winner, Scotty Scheffler. Hideki, the 2020 players champ, and Xander Shoffley are 25 to 1. That's it. Below 30 to 1. Cameron Smith's at 30 to 1, but we'll discuss him as a part of the next tier of guys. Obviously, I've been saying it for weeks. I like Morikawa. I think the 16 is probably the best number that you're going to find on him right now. Other places I've seen have a 15. 14 is the most common number that I'm seeing at Morikawa. The conditions I don't love, but I'll say what I've been saying the entire time is that out of all of these top-end guys, I really do trust Morikawa's driving more than anyone else, whereas everyone else is probably going to have to club down or even do what JT did last year and have to hit five woods. Morikawa can hit driver, no problem, and not put it in the water. That's sort of his jam. In his first appearance at Sawgrass last year, he gained over, gained almost seven strokes between driving and irons. He couldn't chip, he couldn't putt, but... That's kind of the classic calling card of Colin Morikawa. Sometimes he does chip. Sometimes he does putt. And when he does that, he wins tournaments. So he is my favorite play here, although I've seen Cantley as low as 25, and I do find that very intriguing. Yeah, so I would say under 20 to 1, my favorite play would be Rory, although I've seen it as high as 20, and that is tempting. I don't think it's going to play. Like, I think it's going to play to the conditions that Rory likes. Um you know, assuming it doesn't get crazy hard with the setup. So under 20 to one, I like, uh, I would like Rory are my favorite pick. Are, are we prepared for John Rom just to take all of our lunch money this week? Yeah, whatever. That's bound to happen. He's maybe get that number can get bigger. I've seen it as high as 14 to one. It's nice to see, you know, the books reacting to his, I guess finish. I don't know what to say because the struggles are strictly around the green and the putter. I don't want to overrate them. And I think most of us expect them to get fixed pretty quickly, but 14 to one, you never know. Maybe someone wants to compete with that number this week. And then it gets into a, whoa, 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 stop the clock sort of feeling here. I'm st- um, I'm st- I'm staring at the 14 to 1 right now and that that's the only hesitation I have on pulling the trigger on Morikawa that I just assumed that Rom would be like 8 to 1 and Morikawa is going to be around double that number and I know that Morikawa has better than double Rom isn't going to win this tournament twice as much as Morikawa is but he's going to win it more probably than Morikawa is going to win maybe they're even on that platform but like you said it's all chipping and putting and Rama's gained strokes putting each of the past two years at the players he led all players at the Arnold Palmer Invitational off the tee and in approach he just couldn't chip or putt like you said that's something that's fixable especially for someone who's been so good around the greens in his career like John Rahman like so good on the greens he's just been really bad lately on the greens maybe this has something to do with I talked to John Rathouse on the research show for the players and he did mention that 
some players are being very adversely affected by the lack of greens books this year. And we all just assumed it would be Bryson, but maybe there's other guys that, that just haven't figured out the greens without the notes that they need to have. That's very probable. Or maybe it's just like putting the reason yeah. that putting is the least quantifiable week to week, year to year statistic that, you know, we, we go by, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount that green book thing. I'm not so close where I know how much John Rom relied on it. Like, or at least the, the, the networks didn't make it like a huge deal. Like they do with Bryson, right? Like it was a very polarizing thing for Bryson. Um, you know, it's easy to make the joke that just, take a piece of black tape and write Odyssey on the back of one of those tailor-made spiders he used to rock. And maybe that'll fix everything. Yeah. He I don't said, think that's legal uh, by a contract, <laughs> but, um, and he did, but he won the U S open with, with the Callaway and he shouldn't have won Memorial with the Callaway. And, or I think Odyssey is, is what Callaway guys would putt with, but you know, so I don't know. It's a blip in the road, but to your point, if there is a place where I think he could instantly get the good feels early, at least in Florida, it probably is um, right here. My hesitation to betting the 14 is that it could get better, Pat. I don't know. If, I don't think that we're going to get better than 14. I really don't. Unless you get they some sort of unless you get some sort of boost. But like general numbers that we're talking about here, like he's at 10 right now. The boost on DraftKings Sportsbook is likely up to 14. If that was the case, you're going to be very hard pressed to find anything that's a 14 boosted up to something else. Are we oh, Thomas right there too? Thomas is, ah, no, is essentially... no, no one, no one has ever won back to back at the players cross off. Okay. He's just playing. I mean, his T to green game is very similar to Rom's. I mean, obviously they're two of the two best, absolute best players in the world, but it's sort of the same thing. That's, that's stopping him. And if there's a place to give him the feels, it would be here, but you take that T to green game that he's been walking around with this year and you, you drop it in here and you might hope you bet him at 14 to one. Oh, listen, 100%. Thomas is awesome, and he's perfectly tailored for this course. That's why he won last year. I am just under the impression that Morikawa is the better Justin Thomas. I'd rather bet Morikawa at the same number. I'm not going to debate that with you. Because um, you don't want also, to or because you agree? I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. And I guess to the point when it comes to Rory, everything I say is kind of asterisked by it's going to get bad, the weather... <laughs> It does seem like it's bad weather, and Rory doesn't seem to at least bring home trophies when the winning score is playing like the Monday weather report. But it's also the Monday weather report, Pat, and there could be this thing where everyone does their lineups, and everyone makes their bets, and all of a sudden it's lift clean in place because they're so quickly to put that in play, and these guys are, are stalkers now. Oh, 100%. And we do, the rain could dissipate by Wednesday after we've made bets, made lineups. Like, oh, this is going to comply, this is going to play completely the opposite as we thought two days ago. So, I, unless you see a number you really love that you don't think is, if you have to lose a point or two, whatever, you might gain a point or two because you don't really know how a lot of these guys in the 20s are going to go. That I would wait as close to possible before submitting DraftKings lineups or making bets just because I'd want to see 
I mean, trying to predict Friday weather on Monday is one thing. Trying to predict Friday weather on Wednesday is still like a a 50-50 gamble. I mean, we're not going to know this for sure. You can see the weather systems coming in. They might miss, for all we know, and the weather is going to be fine. It's going to be warm or whatever. So I wouldn't put too much stock into it, but I think we do need to plan for it because that's what's projected right now. And that's why I would have some hesitation before building my entire card on a Monday morning before I really knew what was going on, or at least had a better idea that we could project out better of what was going on. But this ROM being dropped down to 14 and being like a co-favorite with all these guys. And listen, it's not that I don't think that Justin Thomas can win. I'm just being facetious when I say that no one's ever won back-to-back, although they haven't. That doesn't mean it can't happen, obviously. Uh, Justin Thomas is one of the best players in the world. And like we said, perfectly tailored for this course, especially with the scoring on the par fours. But one thing that I put in my newsletter that I found last year at the results was it was the players who were like long-term good at bogey avoidance all popped up inside the top 10 a year ago so i've weighted that very heavily when i went to fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20 percent off you want to include that and do your own research on the bogey avoidance and the stats that matter this week uh rory and thomas are the two that are kind of a bit outside like hovland thomas and rory not the best at uh, bogey avoidance they're not like bad in this field, but they're also not great. Rom is great. Morikawa is great. Scheffler is another one who is great at that same thing. Top 10 in this field. He's number nine in bogey avoidance. And listen, every time he hits it under a tree, scums it out six feet, puts it to 25 feet. He's not going to make par every single time to win the tournament, but he's very good at that type of thing. That's why we've seen him pop up in majors inside the top yeah. 20 all of last year. So, I'm now between Rom and Morikawa, and then after that, like, I think that Cantlay in this 20 range is by far the best bet if you're going to make one of those. Because, like you said, you can get him as deep as 25. Yeah, saw the 25s. was pretty surprised. I could be upset I didn't already make it because I think that's been um, early morning popular. Also, Hideki flirting at 30, the 2020 champion. Um (laughs) How can you how can you ignore that? How can you ignore that? I, I can. I, 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 I can ignore it by betting Cantley instead. I'm just saying that that's gonna make as I take the players I want to bet and continue to cross off the list, that one's probably gonna last pretty deep into my process. So I don't disagree. Cantley twenty five is probably something I would rather have in my pendings. Um but I don't know. You could bet them both. You could start your card with with two players like that. I, you know, and and I guess I got to ask this: Does Xander have any Florida track record? He was second here one year. I remember that. That's another guy. Uh, my buddy Boost uh, wrote, wrote me this morning because I'd love for them to take that Xander like twenty eight and boost it to like a fifty. Um, you never know what they're gonna do because they boosted like Mito to a forty to an eighty a couple weeks ago or something. Yeah, I think they knew we were all suckers for trying to bet Mito. And they were like, yeah, just give him whatever odds they want. He's not going to win. Just let them waste their money. At least with Xander, it does feel like he could end up winning. I've seen him as high does as... He... I, I don't want to bet Xander. I, how could you stick Xander, especially with the way that Scheffler has been rolling right now? Hideki right there. Cantlay right there. Hovland right there. And you want to bet Xander? No, I'm just I'm just um, curious if he has Florida. Like, if he has anything in Florida. I said he came second. I mean, you know where he's won. Oh. He's won the Greenbrier. He's won at East Lake. He's won overseas. Where uh, he's won Hawaii. Where? Where? Yeah. What am I missing? The, 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 yeah. Those are the four places that he's won. So, you know what his Florida track record is? It's none of those events. 
Yeah, I know, but he's got like I, you know, Phoenix. He's got two second places. I don't like betting guys in Florida that have zero history of succeeding in Florida, because especially California kids. And I thank you for telling me second place. I could use the Google machine and find all of his probably quality Florida results. But wow, Florida is just if you don't like Florida, if you don't have good results in Florida, I don't see you going from not having any career positivity in Florida to winning an event like the players. See, he was thir- he was he was 39th at the concession last year, missed the cut at the players. The year before that, he was 24th at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. That was the only Florida event. He doesn't play a ton in Florida. For one well, that's thing. the other part. So, so, ma- so, ma- that- so maybe that's skewing it a little bit at the same time. Uh, missed the cut at the players that year as well. Like I said, we're not taking course history too much into play. He was second at the players in 2018. That was the year that it was still in May, however. Interesting. And to your point about Dustin that we were speaking earlier, he has been very vocally positive about Sawgrass over the last couple of years, like how much he's kind of growing to like it, that the seasonal change is, I think made him like it more. And I don't know if that's shown up in the results per se, but he feels far more comfortable on the track than maybe past historical results would indicate. He got off to like an insane, I want to say like an eight or nine under start. It might've been the year Webb won, to be honest. No, I believe Webb went wire to wire that year because Webb was just insane. Then he really locked it down on Friday. It's like, oh, Webb, Webb can't do that again on Friday. And then he did it again on Friday. And then all of a sudden he was up by like 10 strokes. But looking back at the past five years in terms of like total strokes gained, Day has the most of anyone. Adam Scott is second. Thomas is third. Dustin is fourth. Like Dustin's made each of the past five cuts. He has three top 20s over that time. It's one of those tournaments that he's always played well, yet never really had a chance to win. But was it, I don't, I get, listen, when Dustin gets it going, like we know what that is. We know what that is. Like when he wins, you're prepared for him to pull a Scotty, win seventh place, win. Like that's what he does or just win, 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 win. But I feel like Dustin, I God, I like seeing the motor rev a bit. Like I want to see it start. And I feel like I haven't even seen that from him yet. And you mentioned Jason Day, and we'll go there back of the board, but he's bringing death swag to the table. That's true. Not what Tambo I believe on, on in death swag. Show. I believe in death swag. Rest in peace. Incredible. Like, if you know the Jason Day story, his background, how he made it, uh, you know, what a piece of shit, abusive father, you know, to, to get out of that with his mom and his family and what a an incredible life story. So credit to that woman and how strong she was in the life that she lived. I will, but on the other side, I believe in death swag as it pertains to athletes. Okay. Maybe yeah. because I watched Brett Favre one night, but I still believe in death swag. Okay. <laughs> our biggest thing here, the biggest thing that we're trying to accomplish is to narrow down our list. Cause I haven't bet any of these guys yet. So I'm crossing off Thomas, Rory, Scheffler, Hovland, Hideki and Xander, leaving myself Rom, Morikawa, and Cantley. That probably means I'm betting Cantley at 25 to 1. <laughs> and one of the other two. All right. I I agree with a lot of what you you have said, although Hideki probably lives for me. 
Okay. At the moment. I mean, listen, we we don't need to bet the same guys. Obviously, you've been doing. Much, and I do. You you have been doing. Like, you have been doing much better at hitting winners than I have. So I should just be listening no, to you. We've been right there. I, I, and, yeah, but you, you, know, yeah, but you get got, the, you get guys that cross the finish line. I get guys who peter out into second place. Yeah, listen, I'm feeling that T two um, that T two vibe this morning. I will just say, as it pertains to Morikawa, I absolutely love him. Kind of made a line in the sand that um i'm still like pro rom in that regard despite that doesn't make me anti morikawa as we try to explain so i don't think i'd bet morikawa because i would eat the two points and bet rom like i think that is me also i made a i made a thing on twitter pat which you always say i shouldn't do but i never is it a tweet is that what you did yeah i tweeted that i'll take action on because they're just the rom hate the Rom hate, like the Rory hate, like even the things people say about Victor makes me think like people would insult Tiger on the internet in, in his prime in some respects. You know, a, a weekend he didn't do what they wanted him to do, per se. Not comparing any of those players to Tiger. It, but, but I made a bet offer. It's the ti- but it's the Tiger problem, though, is that Tiger was so good at this stuff is that people do expect everyone to be Tiger. And they're not. They're not even close. Every time a great player gets to first place, they then have to win or they're fucking losers, right? Yeah, exactly. Even if it's the first round of the second. Once, like, if you are considered a great player and you get into first place at some point in the tournament, apparently even Thursday at lunch, <laughs> you're therefore then required to win the tournament. Um, yeah, I, I like the Arnold Palmer Invitational much better when Will Zalatoris had already won. I'm not going to lie to you. uh so i made a bet offer like from this point on i'll take rom over morikawa wins which might be stupid because even if rom is you might even agree rom is a better more consistent player morikawa's got this ability to just win and that has been proven um and i got i got my action quickly and i let people change the player if they want if i agree there's really no one i would disagree to and i filled it up and closed quickly. But like, I can lose that because you can lose the bet to me and not pay. I can't, I'm never going to welch on you. And if I do, you can just tell Pat and it can turn into content, like whatever. So I wouldn't let that happen. But you can't A, not follow me and ask me to bet you and then call me out. Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like there has to be some level of previous... I just got to maybe even just recognize your avatar or something or not even actually. Cause I took bets from people. I don't, but you can't anyhow there. I've said too much, but I maxed out. Yeah. You, so you, wrong. you, you would like to take action from people who you assume are going to pay you not legitimate random eggs on Twitter. Yeah. But not only that, like if you want to bet me and offer me that you want to bet me at least hit the follow button first. Like, cause then you're a total stranger and you don't know anything. As far as I'm concerned, we got no history. Well, zero. If, if you want money to bet with Jeff, I suggest you just leave a rating and five-star review on the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Even if you've done it before, this is how we get our searchability in the Apple store and on Spotify to find and help new people find the show, those ratings and reviews. So even if you've done one already, let's get some fresh ones in there. I'll be doing a draw on Wednesday and giving a couple of you, maybe even three of you, a hundred bucks a piece once I do the draw. So leave your Twitter handle or email address in the review so I can call 
contact you and send you money if you end up winning. I'm good for it. Ask anyone who's been in part of these draws over the years. Pat Mayo is good for it. I might go broke doing it, but I will make sure that you get your money. Oh, Jeff, I did want to let you know. Did you see the thing that I'm running on fanteam.com, the season-long fantasy golf contest that starts this week at the players that's i really like this idea that's why i kind of glommed on to it is that i just wanted another way to get some action in every single week and this one uh, if you go to fanteam.com right now uh, and you can hit the description there's one u.s link and there's one uh, rest of the world link so in europe and canada wherever uh, to make it easier to direct yourself and stuff shows up in your currency but uh, it's twenty five thousand euro to in the prize pool five thousand euro to first place it's 25 dollars american to enter and all you do is draft a team of 10 uh for the rest of the season and there's like more fun rules like you can blow your team up once at one point if you don't like the squad that you've assembled but you just draft within the salary cap pick your 10 guys start six every single week for each of the tournaments like that's fun to me it's it's sort of like the one and done just a different spin onto it And there's big money up here I love it. I retweeted it out there uh, myself. I like any new way to uh, that's fun and different. I, I've already drafted. I've already drafted my team because I wanted to like really get up. You can multi enter if you really want to, but fanteam.com code MMN. And when you do that, then enter the season long contest that starts this week. Uh, you'll also get a free entry into their giant players DFS contest as well. So you can just free roll that. And let me tell you, the competition on this site with a bunch of euros who've never played daily fantasy before, not strong. Um, and you can use Fantasy National for your DFS stuff, too, if you really want to parse it out. But it's just a different format. It's a different way to look at it. And I don't want to say it's free money, but it's pretty easy money based on the competition that I've seen on this site. So fanteam.com, uh, code MMN, will get you that free ticket. Uh, once you qual- once you deposit with code MMN, uh, play in the season long, you'll get one of those. And I talked to the people over there. We'll be drawing random people as well who are going to get 100 free dollars to play in the Masters contest that are coming up. And the only way that you can be eligible is with using code MMN at fanteam.com. Uh, I already got my team picked, Jeff. You got to go draft your team. Maybe we'll, we'll place a side bet on a head-to-head. I think I can even like set up like my own friends and family, and maybe I'll put that link on Tuesday down in the description that if people want to join that one, we can all play against each other and have some sort of bragging rights or prize giveaways or something like that. Anyway, I thought it was a pretty cool idea, so I highly recommend that everyone go try playing it. Huh? What do you think? I'm in. Boom. Sales job done on my end. Hit the description for that. You can also get the DraftKings listeners link down there as well. Mid-tier, let's talk 30 to 60. Because I think there's a lot of names that are going to intrigue us from this range. Uh, And it kicks off with Cameron Smith, who I love. I'm pretty sure I'm going to bet Cameron Smith this week. I've seen as high as 35 to 1. He's 30 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook. One of cusp picks, Adam Scott, comes in at 30 to 1 as well. Daniel Hauser Burger, fresh off a Sunday blow up, 35 to 1. Sergio's 40 somehow, as is Dustin and Brooks now as well. Matt Fitzpatrick is in that same range. Sungjae is 50. Neiman is 50. Lowry is 50. Zalatoris is 50. Henley is 55. Billy Ho, 55. Louis, 55. Then you got Spieth and Sammy Burns at 60 to 1. From this range, especially with the weather forecast, I mean, I bet Brooks already at 50 to 1. Now I need to make my short list. And the only cross off I really see here is crazy as the sound. Probably no Neiman for me. Uh, Sergio's not getting my money at forty to one. Scott's not getting my money at thirty to one. Henley's not Henley Horschel Louie aren't getting my money. Spieth's not getting my money. So that leaves me to try to pick one of Cam Smith, Daniel Berger, 
Dustin, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sungjae, Shane Lowry. One of those guys I think you're very much, even if you just wanted to bet four of those guys and call it a week, I mean, that's a pretty good looking card. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything there, Pat. I would not be crossing off Louie. I do like Louie. I know he's custard. Ah, shit. In the context of that one, that doesn't exist, I guess. Burger, I saw a quick 40 this morning, and I should have bet it. It was gone quickly. And I remember watching the Honda before the implosion, or maybe Saturday at the Honda, being like, well, I'm never going to be able to bet Burger at 40 in premier events again. And here we are. It takes a little blow up, and it was still there. But the 35, I think that's fair and strong. I like the case for Cam Smith. Um, Yeah, (laughs) Sanjay M at 50. That's also one that really stood out to me. Had had the API gone another hour, he was there. It, it had gone a full day. Matthew Fitzpatrick wins. Had it gone another hour, Matthew Fitzpatrick might have been in a playoff. I, I'm pretty sure Matt Matthew Fitzpatrick made five birdies all week. Yeah, if it yeah if it went another hour, hour and a half, he would have been in the, right where he needed. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Um, Burger. Per the stats that I ran, is fifth amongst all players over the past 36 rounds. He's first in approach, third in ball striking, very good at finding the fairway, too. And I mentioned Brooks and Justin Thomas as part of that TPC Southwind kind of crossover. Well, Berger did win back-to-back events there. He's righted the putter a little bit after some early season struggles. And when we take a look at fairways, he's top 10 in this field. Bogey avoidance, he's top 10 in this field. Obviously, The final round at the Honda is fresh in everyone's mind. Guys are going to have bad rounds. It happens. Daniel Berger isn't likely to win this tournament, but even if you can find that 40, it still might be lingering. Because my one thing for Berger over Cam Smith right now, Cam Smith is great and everything, but, man, remember when we had money on him at concession? Thankfully, Morikawa ended up winning, but, like, Cam Smith was there. He was putting the lights out. He was great. And then he, like, yanked eight into the water in one round because he can do that off the tee. He's not the best driver of the ball. Listen, I like Cam Smith, but I like betting guys where, like, how do I put this politely? Look, I prefer like the they're, players like they're I bet on. Like, I'm not. <laughs> no, I prefer the players I bet on to not need, like, a magic, to not think, like, I'm going to win this with, like, a magic man element. Like, I do if anytime I bet on Smith or Spieth, if that makes any sense. Cam Smith has been more consistent, at least with his irons. Like, when you go look at his overall numbers, like, he rates out seventh of all players in this field. Scheffler's number two, by the way. (laughs) I think it's going to be hard to win for the third time in, like, a month. Uh, Cam Smith, 15th in approach, 41st in ball striking because the driving isn't great. Uh, 10th in opportunities gained. Uh, On these longer par fours, they're they're the hardest holes on the course this week, 450 to 500 yards. He's 13th in the field in that number. The best short game of anyone. Top 25 in bogey avoidance you do need to have some sort of element of magic man to you at this course although around the green means a little bit less than it does at a lot of tournaments and so does off the tee it's really approach and putting and those two things he does incredibly well i can't dispute any of that i would rather bet burger (laughs) okay i would i would rather bet burger but again burger's been putting like atrocious um that's and and Cam Smith can get up and down from anywhere. Yeah, that that would. I be, also don't mind your original take of like you could build a nice little pack just in that 
portion of the card, uh, the betting market alone pre-tournament, if that's what you wanted to do. Is this somehow going to be the week that everyone jumps off Will Zalatoris and Will Zalatoris wins? <clears throat> um, maybe. I don't. He was he was T twenty one there. He was T twenty one in there. his debut last year. Every time he played himself at a contention at Bay Hill, then he went on like a birdie streak to get everything going. I don't know if he has the putting chops to get it going here. Although his lag putting is really good. Like I I have more confidence in him standing over a sixty five foot putt to put it to one foot than I do of making a four foot putt somehow. Yeah, and and it's hard to quantify what this odd means going forward. Like this field is so strong. That, um, you know, it's hard to quantify what this field or what his odds would look like in a field at this moment. Again, not of this strength, but it, the ebbs and flows of this shit is crazy, Pat. Like, you know, Morikawa's wonderer. And now then Hovland through Christmas is like, no, the coolest. And now Scheffler is the coolest. And all within that, like him and Neiman have their moments of being the coolest. There is no surprise all those guys were looking for that Saudi money. Like there is no surprise. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Like I am sure of it. Cause they, some of these guys, they must feel helpless. Even the good players. Well, when the name started floating around that it was like Kevin Na and Coke rack that wanted to go, I, I completely empathize with that. Yeah. We're probably not going to win the players championship. Maybe we can win the, uh, I don't know, whatever random event on the Saudi tour for five million bucks that you could probably end up winning. I mean, I get it when you're trying to when your main goal is to go out there and make money and you're probably not going to beat 50 of these guys. You might as well go somewhere else if it pays the same. I'm looking at Sam Burns, though. He, he had got, pots, man. He had pots. He had pots. He had, it, like, you talked about Sung Jay. You talked about Sung Jay. Like, give it another hour. He was there. Burns may have birdied his way back into it. But he. So Fitzpatrick the other hour. Sung Jay. Uh, uh, Fitzpatrick uh, the other hour. Sorry. With, uh, I mean, Sung Jay was kind of trending that same you know, way, too. Burns could have done what Hatton did. Yes. Burns, like, had the opportunities to do be that yesterday. And it's funny because he got progressively, like, his approach didn't get better each and every day. But he was bad round one, great round two, great in the final round. And he putted well all week until Sunday. Like, they just weren't going in for him anymore. Like, he parred 16. He missed the 10-footer on 17. Like, make two of those. He finished T9 anyway. Like, he was right around there all week. He had the very poor round <coughs> one I think it was and he stormed back in round two got himself in contention then fell back a little bit like overall when you look at his putting numbers he gained six strokes for the week which is the type of number that you need to win tournaments it's just they came at really weird times they never completely collided with when he was hitting his irons really well which is part of the luck portion of it too like when you're putting well and you're hitting your irons well that's when you get that minus six round minus seven round like rory had on thursday and it just gives you such a base to build on but for all the talk about sam burns and he was a bit of a letdown during the west coast swing when we just think back to where he's playing well, you want someone with florida experience there's your guy he won valspar last year now he's starting to play a little bit better and his odds are still double what they were a month ago very well said 60 to one uh, deserves to be part of this group i'd probably in i mean there's some interesting numbers i think as we continue to get higher but yeah he's a guy that was you know flavor of the month a few weeks ago and he's out of his struggles but he's playing just he's playing just fine i don't think i'm gonna bet him 
But like, here's my but, here's my problem because I like Smith, I like Berger, I do believe that they have a better a better chance to win. Do I think that <laughs> they have double the chance to win of Sam Burns? I don't. That is also like I can't disp- You're making good points. Like I'm agreeing with you, but the points are good. In the same way, going into Sunday, at the API, Rom was like 100, 125 to one. Sam Burns like four thousand to one. He was a th- he was, he was, he was, was. a thousand to one. I, I threw down on the thousand to one. <laughs> yeah, I, all I needed like, was okay. the top three to I get the there. Same score. Yeah, I was gonna say all, all like, I needed was the top three for me to cash a you know, two hundred to one on the top three, and just he, if he had made those two pots, he would have been third. <laughs> Bad news. Bad news for Sam Burns. But I can get back there this week. I think it's a good number for him. I like him better than Louie. I like him better than Horschel. Henley being 55 to 1. We see this every week. Like, yes, when I ran the numbers, guess who's number one in the modeling? It's Russell <laughs> Henley. Do we think that he should ever be 55 to 1 in an event like this? Uh, honestly, my eyes, like, just look right through it. No disrespect to him. If he wins, I guess I'd never be shocked about it. They're all so great. But in terms of making, like, an outright betting card... And I'm at this part of the board. His name doesn't even exist as I'm preparing that card. Okay. Is there anyone that we glossed over that you would think that we should give more special attention to? Like if the conditions are bad, I mean, Fitzpatrick. Patton 65 to 1? We're not there yet, but sure. Oh, I thought you, what? I'm okay. You got to listen. Sometimes when you listen, you, you pick up. No, on we things. did this. We did this range nicely. I, we didn't really speak on on Spieth, which some people might really Pass. be like, attracted to. This listen, season. if Spieth wants to go out and win, I'll root for him. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> that's great. I'm not betting him at, at this event, a place where he was good once in his debut seven years ago and has been absolute dog shit ever since. No thanks. Especially with him not being able to figure out the driver right now is uh, not great news. Maybe he can putt and chip his way to a victory. Good for Spieth. Uh, but based on the conditions that are popping up, Fitzpatrick and Lowry, like we got to think about those two guys. And I think everyone will start to think about them if it's like, oh, it's cold, windy, and rainy. How about those two? And as we get farther, there'll be the similar ones. In the same way, Cam Smith probably fit that bill in the 30s. There'll be a few guys in the 60s that, and above that makes sense with that also. But I'm not making my... I. I like Shane Lowry more than Fitz if I'm making this bet. Me too. But I'm not making that weather bet for the mutter on Monday. Like, I'm not. So I also I'm, objectively I'm like Lowry. I mean, I think both of them, if, if you look at their trends right now, they're both playing incredibly good golf. And this would be the type of venue where I could see each of them. I mean, Lowry doesn't need to break through. He's won a WGC. I think he won the major tournament, the race to Dubai. He's won an open championship. He's good. If we're finally thinking about Fitzpatrick's breakthrough, this could be a spot. We've seen that type of like young player end up winning this tournament at this point of their career to really get to that next level. There's a, well, you know, there aren't many players north of 40 to one who this win would, wouldn't be the biggest win of their career. And Shane Lowry is one of them. Yeah, I know, it's kind of nuts to think about. Uh, Spieth would be the other one. Yeah, Spieth, Louie, uh, you know, Scott, there are a couple. Like, you can't deny that. But um, I guess even Gary Woodland could bring the sucker down. And oh, my would fuck. Not be, but. Sidebar on this. I was, you remember how you talked about, like, sometimes if someone wins and you weren't there, you're like, you have to look for you in the morning, shoot you a text to make sure that you're okay. After betting Gary each of every event so far this season, proclaiming that we're going to get the number on Gary and he's going to win at 80 to 1. I didn't bet him last week. And I was like, oh, my God. 
It would fucking happen if I don't have money on him. But he didn't win. Yeah, that that had to be painful. I had a small, I had a Gary Pinata pick uh, machine, uh, ten bucks on a hundred to one pre tourney. I did the pinata, and that's who spun out. So that's sort of I was like, okay, Gary, you can make me a few bucks. And what a tragic scene! What a tragic finish for a guy that you thought. I mean, not only what you saw all day, but just you know what he has in uh, you know in in his memory bank or in his career to just be able to to handle it, even make a bogey. A lot of great players made bogeys. A lot of contending players made bogey on seventeen. But to literally like stop short on that bunker shot, like you're you or I, come on. I mean, Gary, I was pretty impressed with Gary's physique on the day. He had the nice tan going. He was looking super buff. It didn't surprise me. He was just like, which way to the beach? Staying right here. And that's what ended up happening to him. But his leg putting was fantastic. His putting inside five feet. How is this the guy that makes every, except for 17, makes every putt inside five feet, yet when I need him to make a four-footer at the Honda Classic, he fucking blows it on the last hole. But He, he like, also he, missed it on 18, too, a five-footer, uh, I, I think. I suppose. That's what, that's what he gets for making too many fucking 30-footers throughout the course of the day. <laughs> Killing yeah, him. Yeah, bomb eagle. I don't know. I always Killing have. I'm a, I'm a forever woodland stand. But yeah, no, I was thinking of you. I'm like, oh, my God. He spoke about this. He preminated it at Christmas time. But you're still not going to bet him this week. No, probably not. <laughs> uh, maybe 80 to one is a pretty good number for him in this field. If he's still feeling it with the putter at the moment, I did really like the one thing I will give him in those windy conditions uh, on Sunday was he had the right strategy that I thought that the other players, like, I mean, it ended up working out for Scheffler because, and maybe Vic and Scheffler on such another plane in terms of talent versus the rest of the guys that were around there, that they were still just trying to hit their shots. Gary was like, no, 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 I'm putting this to 40 feet. I'm making sure it's not in the water. It's not in the bunker. Like that's how he played the entire day. He's like, I'm, I'm trying to two putt for power. Cause I think that's good. If I make a few, so be it. I thought it was a really good strategy. Yeah. Well played. It almost, it almost worked. Cause there was a great chance for the win. And then even had it gone to five or even at four, he could have potentially been in and or sniffed the, the playoff but again full field board here pat so there's a lot of names north of 60 where it's like these are guys i normally bet at shorter numbers and i like them a lot and i believe in them and now's a chance for them to have their big moment but do i have room on my betting card for them do i want to make room on my betting card for them so Again, this is part of the fun in staring this board down this morning. Yeah, 60 to 100 features the Jeff Feinberg All-Star team. We have Tommy Fleetwood in here. Tony Finau is in here. Your guy Gary is in here. I mean, you probably want to bet Jason Friends Day. and family card. Chris, Chris Kirk, you're just lucky Ricky Fowler didn't qualify for this field, despite being Arnold Palmer. Yeah, no, there's definitely a friends and family element, I guess, in this part of the uh, betting board, you could say. Even... I mean, listen, not to uh, just wait on DraftKings for Sergio, but this is the part of the board he should be in also, Pat. It's coming back. And, uh, like He's 40 nowhere else. Like He'll drop to 60, 65 by the time Wednesday comes along. And I don't mind him or his white shades one bit. Terrell Hatton at 65. I mean, that seems like one that people should be paying attention to, a very strong number over at DraftKings. Why wouldn't you put him in that group of that Fitzpatrick Lowry 
little um, group of potentially preparing for a situation if that's what your betting plan is. I would tend to agree with you. Uh, Hatton, Connors, and Kim were the three that really caught my attention here. I don't like the 65 on answer. I would want that to be closer to 90. I'm seeing 80 on Siwoo at DraftKings Sportsbook, as high as 125 in other places. That I can get behind. Connors, 70 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, 90 to 1 in other places. I think that's the route that I want to go. Like, I mean, it cussed, put the curse on Webb Simpson, but I just had no feel for him whatsoever. I'm really glad Bryson withdrew because I was going to bet Bryson at like 50 to 1, and he would just be, you know, obviously, he wasn't healthy, so it would have been a terrible bet, but. So Bryson, Phil, um, Harris English, Harris English, Tiger, Tiger, Steve Stricker. Who else didn't come? Steve Stricker is the only other one. Oh yeah. He's Steve Stricker. It's weird. He would even have been in this thing. Well, he was, he's qualified. I'll say feel bad. You look at the last year. Was it API and, and API and, and the players, where Lee Westwood had to take on two of the best players in the world to try to like get a win in Bryson and Justin Thomas and did everything he absolutely could in both tournaments. Well, he he had to take on Bryson the first time and Spieth was in that mix too at API on Sunday. And then the next week he had to take on Justin Thomas storming and Bryson again, who came like third. So, I don't know. Finau seems dead. Even at Riviera, he seemed lifeless. So, uh, it's a little... I wouldn't necessarily say that about old Tony Finau, who progressively got better every day at the Genesis. And he's just been suffering from, like, bad round one syndrome right now. He was terrible round one in Phoenix. Rebounded pretty nicely the next day, gained three strokes ball striking. Uh, round one at Riviera, he was actually pretty good. He gained, let's see here, uh, gained on approach, lost on driving. The next two days, you know, the driving wasn't very good. Then he got the driver back on Sunday and almost, you know, he gained four strokes ball striking, three and a half strokes on approach. He's not consistent right now, but again, it's 80 to one. Like this is the neighborhood okay. of, I mean, I, I'm not going to bet Fina. I'm throwing that out there right now, but I don't think it's as dire. Almost, it's sort of like the the homeless man's version of what's happening to Brooks right now. Like the rumors of him being dead are not true. Well, eighty to one is quite enticing for Tony Fina, who has had some early round success at the players. I don't know if it's resulted in the finishes. But like a lot of times in Finau's career, I was really excited about how he stood early in tournaments. Imagine if you were victory lap guy, like a lot of people out there, how many like victory lap Finau's you would have done over the years? I don't say anything. I know you, I know, I know you don't. You, you've been through, you've been through enough wars to be like, Like, how do you bet this thing on the regular and not expect the trap door, like from somewhere (laughs) to just come and bite you? So I wait to the very, very end to send out my roll calls on a victory. But, um, yeah, especially with I like too many losers also to be roll calling anything to be roll calling anything quickly. Well, my favorite is always just like, well, my like, how do I 
I'm looking to I'm looking to hedge my bet here going into Sunday. My guy is winning by a stroke over ten guys to within two of the lead. It's like I don't think you can really hedge that one, man. That's not really going to work out too well. You might have to let this one play out a little bit. Finau since 2016, this has not been a great tournament for him. His best finish is T22. That was in 2019. He's missed the cut another three times, a 57th, uh, and he's actually putted like okay at this tournament over the years too. So. Last year might have been abysmal, right? Yeah, last year was bad. Like last year was bad for like a lot maybe of guys. an eight o like one of those like eight overs early, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, like last year, Rory, Cantley, Finau. There was a huge Hatton. There was a big contingent of top players who missed the cut. Yeah. So who who do you got I don't know. in this range? I told you, I'm betting Siwoo. I don't know if I'll get to Connors, but top ten maybe. Did they show a single shot of him on Sunday for a guy who was in top 10 all day? I'm not sure. His his topping the ball into the water got a lot of play earlier in the tournament. Then it um, did. Yeah, I don't mind Sergio. You're sort of waiting for that number to peak maybe around the 80s. And Abe Answer, like you, like you'd like to watch that thing creep up a little bit, but... I am just such a sucker for for the good players in the big tournaments. So I don't really see myself here. I mean, I'll throw some hundred to ones on some guys I'm stand, you know, I'm a stand for, but I'm going to be pretty invested, I think, you know, inside 50 60 to 1 to be honest. Uh, if you do look at this a different way, if you don't want to play with each ways, you can get enhanced offerings on certain guys. You can get answer up to 75, you can get Sergio up to 85 in other places. You can get Adam Scott up to 60 to 1 uh <laughs> with different spots. So Russell Henley up to 85 if you want it. So really do shop around and find the number that you want. I am stunned you haven't said anything about Tommy Fleetwood yet. He was like not the worst player in the field last week. I assume that means well, to we- you that he's going to win this week well sort of i'm looking at a place that has him at 100 so we haven't even gotten uh there yet you should be looking at draftkingssportsbook.com sponsor of the pat mayo experience i'm looking i see the DraftKings. i see the uh the 80 sitting out there right now which is pretty strong because there are some 66s uh floating around in that market right now pat he made the cut on the number looked like it was going to be an ultimate disappointment then that cut went to three Everyone got in, and then what did he finish? He finished like like T twenty two or something. Yeah, had a, end? he had a really nice Sunday, like across the board. So I don't know. He's rocking some new facial hair. No, fa- be, no, no face, no facial hair for Tommy now. I'll be hard pressed to um, to probably not be involved. I'm seeing like a ninety nine to one somewhere, staring at me. It's like they know they can just take my money. But I love Tommy. I always think he's going to win in Florida, even though he sucks. Not sucks, but like the win doesn't really feel like the game is in that place. It's, it's There's so many parts of the game that seem off. I'm going to have to revisit Hatton because this DraftKings Sportsbook number is the best number on Hatton. I think that point that you made about him not really being all that dissimilar from Fitz or Lowry is... Smart. I think that's a good point. Yeah, and I mean, what a nice little battle for him after that horrible Saturday. And he even acknowledged after Friday. He's like, I don't know how I'm here on the leaderboard. Like, <laughs> I hit the ball like trash. He's putting great. But it all it all sort of can come around 
slowly to that point, Pat, both Lowry, Lowry's first start of the year, stateside, second place Honda. Hatton makes that first start, just his first start coming over, second place. Big. It's great. Yeah. I'll, also I'll... have both of them in the in the Rick pool. Oh. Or, or sorry, your pool that Rick died. I have Scotty too. On the Scotty thing, just to backtrack just a little bit. So we did that draft. It was an 11-man pool, correct? Correct. 11 guys. The first 10 picks were all pretty much like accounted for in any different order. Then it got to 11 and Sky picked. He just took the names and the ability to win in Spieth and Brooks. And then it was me. And I was left with, at the time, as discussed on that show, what I felt was the hardest pick to make because it was the clear starter of a new tier. Scheffler, Hideki, Berger. Um, I'm probably forgetting people's names as well at this moment in that tier. And I'm like, you know what? Start of a new tier, Scotty Scheffler. Like, that's, I don't like having to make this decision. I'm going to make it. I'm going to pick Scotty Scheffler. Well, so far, so good on that good pick. Yeah, you took Scheffler ahead of Berger, Burns, Webb, Hideki, and then I took Neiman, uh, which is really paying. I, I didn't yeah. know. I just looked at the standings for the first time all year. I'm winning this. This is great. I must be. Has Rick been? Yeah. Rick I has been made a move because yeah. half my team was in Europe for a month and I didn't get anything. Well, Rick, I don't think he has updated this yet because it still has Scotty Scheffler at $2 million in earnings. And I think he has like doubled that now that he has won. So it's me and you. At the top, because I got a, I got Woodland getting me some cash. It's great news. Now I need Morikawa to win this, and I'll be set for, like, the entire year. 100 to 1 range. The long shots. The worse the weather is, the more these guys come into play. I, do you think that's unfair to say? Not at all. I mean, if yeah, if it turns into just a lot of randomness, a lot of these guys are alive. As you mentioned, you even made the point earlier. I wouldn't go as far as your Brian Stewart, but there are a lot of guys here that can just sort of plot their way around into contending to what the winning score previous bad weather players um, allow for. And it's funny to think, like, if the guys at the beginning of the week at the API and the Honda, like, really change their vibe if they know all they really need to do to be contending is shoot one under a day you know what i mean like, yeah I, I do think at this tournament even if the weather does suck you're gonna see a couple minus fives per day out there just because the par fives are gettable you're gonna see some plus 13s on the card as well more probably more of those than the super low scores but i think that more low scores will be available to a lot of the field just based on the way this course is set up like very rarely are you going to find yourself 204 from the bunker on a dog leg at TPC Sawgrass where you saw that this week. The rough isn't going to be as penal. You might be in the water and obviously you can't hit it out of the water uh, as Eric Van Royen found out on Friday last week. Uh, he stayed out of the water somehow on Thursday and he quadrupled down on Friday to miss the cut. But Alex Noren. Is I don't know whether Alex it was Nor a joke. What is a joke? Because I've been in and out of it. Um, blah, 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 blah. It's all a blur. But that the, the, the rough and that they had like a groundskeeper shortage, so they couldn't do everything. So they did a lot of nothing around Bay Hill last week. I'm pro that. Listen, I, I'm pro the rough being as long and as hard as possible. Put a premium on hitting the fairways. And I think Rory, even that's what Rory was speaking to. He's just like, but if you're in the fairway and you hit a good shot, it has to land like where it's supposed to land. You can't then be bouncing into the rough at the same time. 
Like that was more of his problem. Yeah. I can't hit a perfect shot and then it land exactly where it needs to land. And I'm in a rough side hosel. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that's more to what he was speaking about. Uh, Norin. Norin's the guy everyone's going to go to. I already went to him 130 to one with a top eight each way. When we think about bad, I mean, he's playing well anyway. Let's let's not take that. I mean, you don't want to take guys just because they're historically good in crap conditions. But Noren's playing well. He hits a ton of fairways. The bogey avoidance is off the charts. Good for him. We know he can putt, and he's performed well at this course before. 130 to one seems like a good number to me. Yes, that was the first bet I made this morning. I was a little annoyed to see how popular Noren is. Uh, maybe some of the weather situations or people realizing he's been pretty consistent and is solid in Florida. I took a 125 IMA. You you know, I, I like to bet Noren a lot and it doesn't really work out ever. So that is that is me. I will say, just like I said about Matthew Fitzpatrick and how last week could have gone if maybe the tournament was another 90 minutes or nine holes. Uh, I know my our buddy Andy Lack said the same thing last week about Noren. If Honda was about another hour, Alex Norton is probably your winner. Potentially. Now, Straka was putting on the Ritz Sunday on that back nine. He was the one that, I mean, he, it yeah, was the perfect, it was the perfect amount of time for him to go in, but he was playing the best of anyone. Not really going to dispute that. He was a true wagon. We, we didn't touch on the Gucci man at all. There's no way anyone's betting him at like 60 to one, right? It's sort of like Kirk at 80. I, I, anytime that Kirk gets within a shot of the lead, he absolutely folds every time. He's going to miss that putt. I had him on the props last week. So you're always, I'm always happy to see him play, uh, play well, but yeah, same vibe. I mean, for Cooch to allow uh, Cooch for, for Gooch to what four putt from like four feet on NBC on Sunday afternoon. Eek. I have to bet Seamus Power because I said I was going to bet Seamus Power. Uh, last week didn't really inspire a ton of confidence, but I do like this setup for him much better than I like the Bay Hill or some of the longer courses that he's been playing recently. So I like Seamus Power. You can find him as deep as 160 to 1. I would play him with either in each way to the top 8, a top 10, whatever it might be to go along with him, but he's going to end up on the card. The other three from beyond 100 to 1 that I had circled right now, actually four, uh, I have not bet them. I've only bet Norin, and I'll end up betting Power. So I need to kind of pick through these guys. Hoagie, Hadwin, Denny McCarthy. I won't bet Denny McCarthy, but maybe a top 40 on Denny McCarthy or a DraftKings play. And then our good friend, Mr. Bucket Hat himself. Good wind player. Hits a ton of fairways. Can he make a few putts? Joel Damon, playing some good golf right now. Played very well in his WGC appearance at TPC Southwind. And has played this tournament really well over the years, too, in his two starts. I don't mind uh, Dave McCarthy. I would not be touching. I don't really care for. Yeah, did, did, uh, did, did you Denny? Was that your first one? Yeah, so D Denny is going into the Poston category. Because I, I was just. Okay. For whatever reason at this course, JT, JT Poston plays well. He's the same guy who has won at Wyndham, comes second at Heritage. Like, it's just. He plays that these type of short Bermuda and or Pete Dye courses really well. He's come 22nd both years he's played this course. He's done it in completely different ways both times. I don't think that he is going to win this tournament, but he's 6,100 on DraftKings. His top 40 right now is paying two and a half to one. All well said. 
Keith Mitchell's 150. He's been so popular the last couple weeks. We're still in Florida. Um, so I'm curious to see what all those people that were so eager to bet him. I'm not besmirching those bets at all. I make losing bets too. Um, if that's no. something they're interested in. If this tournament was in California, Mav McNeely would be like 45 to one. <laughs> right? Just the layout and how it can work for him in so many ways. Um, but again, I don't know that he has any Florida track record at all of of success. Although he's played well at Harbor Town, which is is that not Bermuda? Uh, it is Bermuda. Um, obviously, it's in South Carolina, but it's another Pete Dye course. Like there has yeah, been a strong, okay. there has so, been a strong correlation. Like, like I said, Southwind. I think at the elite end because all the elite players play those. I actually threw in the newsletter too. You can go check it out for free right now. It's down in the uh, comment section and it's down in the description. Oh, you can go subscribe to it. But I threw in the elite one for Southwind of players in this field, and then I did an amalgamation of the Stadium Course at Amex, the Heritage, Wyndham. Seaside course at RSM and the Sony Open. Those five courses. Because I think that those five courses are where you want to find your sleepers from this week. Because obviously the top guys don't play those courses. So what what can we really glean from that? Nothing. But your bottom end of this field, like the, the final 80 guys in this field, they play all those tournaments. And those tournaments have had a lot of... But five guys that have won the Wyndham Championship in the past 10 years have also won the Players' Championship. That's pretty freaking wild. Um, so in some of the same ways, like Hoagie, yeah, I like Hoagie the most out of your suggestions. I just said McNeely. Um, Varner, 180. Okay. Don't think it's that's horrible. And I got to say, how can we not be a part of Luke List at 180? You know, especially if you can get something like that with the placings this week, Pat. He's won the, he won the Corn Fairy here, right? I think it's a nice time to go back to Mr. List after. I he, mean, he struggled, but this yeah, is a place where he's had success in the past. He's, he's going to come here with, to struggle. He sucks. Yeah, of course, at, he lost six strokes putting in two rounds. He's the yeah, best no player. No. He's the, he is still. He remains the best player, T to green, in this field. Uh, he's an auto bet at this number. He's not an auto bet necessarily when he's fifty to one or sixty to one. Yeah, we caught him at ninety. We thought that was a good number at a course that really played to his strengths. At a course where everyone putts really poorly inside of ten feet, highest three putt percentage out there. But you can't use Luke List and then be fucking stunned when he loses six strokes putting in two rounds. Yeah. You can't be. You know what you're signing up for. Yeah, it's like a Titan fan being upset when Tannehill turns into a pumpkin in a big moment. Like, okay, man, no one else is surprised but you. Yeah, it's like betting Chargers Super Bowl futures and being like, this is the year. Fair. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> that is, but I'll do it anyway because I got to buy rude. all that merch when they win. That's too rude, Paul? It's not too no, rude. No, it's, it's, it's fair. Ass. Listen. It's a fair assessment of the situation. Yeah, no. Oh, oh, shit. I bet the Chargers, they lost by some insane, stupid field goal timeout, fourth down, bad luck, fumble, stupid thing that only the Chargers do. I'm shocked. <laughs> okay, no, like, no, that's what they do. But yeah, so anyway, back to where we are. Luke List, a big number. It is a course in a region in which he has had success at in his career. You know, I don't know. He's got to win at Torrey Pines. Um, if I, I wasn't on any of these bad recent moments, figuring a pumpkin could be coming, but 
like you said, and especially if you get the extended placings, I mean, this is a bet we would have made before Lucas was a Tory Pines champion. Hundred like percent. I mean, odd I, with do, eight places, you remember, you'd be happy to do it. Do you remember? Like, I mean, I think it was the whatever one that Brooks won. The Bell Reeve. No, yeah. it wasn't Bell Reeve. It was the other one. Yeah, that well, he won. No, it wasn't Bell Reeve. It was the one where Matt Wallace was inside the top ten too. Spieth ended up coming third. I want to say Shinnecock Hills. No, but it was at Beth Page. Beth Page at the PGA Championship. Uh, List ended up coming like oh, you're right. sixth. We bet him at 250 to one and got a one fifth as odds. We got a 50 to one on his top eight finish. Like it's better than most of the guys that we're going to end up betting. And up until last month, that was your greatest Lucas moment ever. It was. <laughs> Not anymore. Maybe we get two in one year. But I mean, just to look at it, he gained 3.7 strokes putting at the Farmers. That was his highest number since. Let me keep scrolling here. Uh, actually, the 2020 Farmers Insurance Open. Okay. Uh, before that, uh, he gained that that year at the PGA Championship. He gained 7.2 strokes putting. So maybe it's just Poe agrees that he's not an abject failure on. But the past three weeks in Phoenix, minus six at the Genesis in two rounds, minus two in two rounds at Bay Hill, minus 7.1 on the greens. If he can just, I mean, Bermuda RSM, plus 0.1. Plus point one's fine for our placings. Yeah. <laughs> Minus That's seven point it. one. <laughs> I'm seeing an insane now. Is Bazaden Hote not in the field? No, he's not. He didn't get in. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. Uh Patrick Reed, three thousand to one or whatever the hell he is. No, but I'll just be happy for him when it happens. Two fifty to one, Jeff. I know you would have thought he had an amputation <laughs> like that viral infection, like cost him a limb to be at this point right now. Oh, Mito, Mito and Hadwin were two. I mean, I, I mentioned Hadwin before Pat Perez is another one who's playing a little Mito? bit better golf. What about like the Todd father? Like these guys I do think are live. <laughs> good Pete Dye players, good short course players, good Bermuda players. Uh, Mito's not so much a good Bermuda player, but he does fit that bogey avoidance, man. His bogey avoidance is really good. Like it's shockingly good for what we think of Mito Pereira. It's tough for a first timer to do it, but Again, you don't necessarily need to bet him to win. You can bet him to top 20, top 30. Now that we have all of these extra markets, I think he is worth looking at. Hell, bet him as low Chilean versus Neiman, and you probably get like two to one on your money. Yeah. I don't mind Mito. I'm sure everyone that was quick to bet him at the Honda is going to take the huge number here and you believe in the ceiling and you can get the placings as well. It's a really big number. I've seen it like over around 200 to one. Yeah. All right. Any more on the plus 100s? No, I no. Like, no, we just, I'd just be naming names of a player. I'm not going to bet. Okay. I mean, we can talk. Grillo. You'll, oh, you already spoke about Grillo. You had uh watched your, you, you watch me and Ben talk about it. Yeah, there was a time when we started, though, Pat. Like, I, I thought Grillo would have been a... Neiman is sort of going to become everything we thought Grillo was going to be. Is that fair in some respects? I could I could most definitely see that. I believe, like, the second year we ever did our show, it was, like, coming off of Gr- Grillo's win at the Fries.com back when it was yeah. called that. Uh, this and, guy and I think that we, win I, a big tournament. I, I think that we guaranteed he would win this tournament. 
at like 200 to one. I think I put like 200 bucks on it. Uh, he, he came like dead last. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's about it. Okay. That's about it. Matthew Wolf back to 200s. Yeah. It's a good number. Um, I'll have yeah. I'll have the final. We might as well just move into this now. The quick picks for the 2020 players championship. I'll have my full final betting card released on Wednesday in the newsletter. Plus, I am doing that show with Toe Tag and Tambo Tyler Tambolini live in studio noon Eastern on Wednesday when we'll go over our final bets, talk them through. You can ask your questions, and we'll do the DraftKings ownership. So we hope to see you on there. You can catch it on the replay as well on the podcast feed, which if you rate and review, you get into that $100 draw for multiple winners of the $100. But here's what I'm going with. Brooks, 50-1. to Alex Noren, as Tim would say, 130 to 1 with a top 8 each way. Those are the only two bets that I have made so far. As discussed, I'm kind of in a Morikawa versus Ram Ram dilemma right now because I'm seeing them both at the same number. And my (laughs) gut says Morikawa. Everything in my being says Morikawa. But to see Ram at the same number, Ram's the best player in the world. So seeing him fall down the list is kind of dicey here for me. Cantlay at 25 to 1, I really like. I'm not in on yet. Burns at 60, I think I will be in on. And then I have to figure out that Cam Smith, Shane Lowry, Daniel Berger middle tier of another one that I want to go along with Brooks, and those will be like my five guys. Well, well said. Okay, the bets I have made, I bet that Brooks 50 to 1. I bet Louis Oosthuizen 64. He is cursed. That's just my own thing. But again, Tim... Maybe the best event in his lifetime picking would be the great success he's had at the Players' Championship. Let's not forget 2018, Rory, 2020, Hideki. Tim knows the Players' Championship. Can we, can we, can uh, we, bet- hold on. Can we say that Tim correctly chose Rory as his one and done at the 2018 Players? The very next day, he dubbed himself the Big Game Hunter. He has <laughs> yet to get a pick right since. It's four years ago. <laughs> He got something right, I think, like shortly before that. So he he was dubbing himself. Um, he did. He, he had was feeling pretty good. He, I think he had like Bryson at a WGC or something like that, Mexico, yeah, okay. whatever it was. Anyhow, <laughs> you could be <laughs> big game. Hunter. And I I like like I love Norin. I'd have bet Norin if he wasn't the guy everyone seems to be talking about. So obviously, I took the one twenty five for me. Um, under 20 to one, like you, I'm staring at Rom. Even Rory, though, would have my eye, assuming it's not going to be horrible conditions. Hideki, Berger, other guys that I am flirting with at the moment in time. Even Emmett 50 seems enticing. And all again, with the weather where we're talking, it's Monday. Things are so fluid. I'm not prepared to make a decision on anything. I think everyone needs to be careful. You're going to roster your mutters. And then all of a sudden it's lift clean in place and the attackers get to attack. So who knows, right? Who knows? I'm not, I'm not, you know, taking that on, on a Monday yet with extensive decision-making because of the, because of the weather, Rick and I are going to push our player by player preview show to Wednesday or to Tuesday afternoon, rather than recording it on a Monday night and releasing it on Tuesday morning. So please tune into that, but we want to have a better idea and let the odds mature a little bit and see where sentiment is going. Once we talk through player by player in this field of how we want to attack the players championship one and done picks of the week. 
Cust obviously has Anderker's poor Louis, as if he needed it. Although Cust on a really nice run right now. He had Scott a few weeks ago inside the top five. He had Hatton. He has pulled out to the lead in our three-man contest by a pretty significant amount. He's at $1.5 million. I'm in second at eight. 885,000. So we got to catch up to Cust here. This is a week where if you pick a winner, you're going to be doing pretty well. It's the biggest prize pool of the year. It's the biggest first place check of the year. So I'm, you know what? It's actually your pick. You're, you beat me last week with Sung Jay versus Scott. So Louis for Cust, who are you taking? Biggest prize of the year, best player on the planet. Fuck. John Rom. That's where I, I, I almost said it before you uh, did it. I'll use Morikawa. I'm not bummed by that by any means. So Morikawa for me, Rom for you, Louis for Tim Andercus. Did you see that I'm inside the top 25 of the race for the Mayo Cup, Jeff? Scheffler. That's incredible. Scheffler season. You see, I'm in, I'm flirting with 4,000th. That's, that's good. And if, I mean, you're not okay. in the, you're not in the bottom hundred. I'm could be. You're 323rd, Paul? Baby. We talked about it on the show last week. Tambo and I, when he was just like, are you betting Sheffler? I was like, nah, I'm just going to use him. He, he fits that mold perfectly, Jeff, of last week where no one really bet Scheffler, but everyone kind of identified that they liked him. But you just looked at kind of the handle on the players. A lot of live bets. Sure, a lot, a lot, of, live sure, bets. A lot of live bets. I but- saw a lot of hundreds and fifties. Even my buddy hit a big 33. Um, but, but yeah, I saw a lot of fifties and a lot of a hundreds and 66s. So... Yeah, he was identified. He went off at 16 to 1, right? 18 to 1. He was forgotten, but people saw that number slip, and he doesn't have that sort of name value that Rom sort of carried. Like, Rom was still like 20, 22, 28 until Sunday morning, right? Or then he was finally 100, 125 to 1. Scheffler, they were obviously willing to let the bottom fall out on him um, because, you know, it's just good old Scotty Scheffler. My point being is that you can't make your one-and-done pick on Saturday. You have to do it before the tournament. And going into the tournament, very oh, few people true. like Scotty Scheffler. They liked Victor Hovland, which turned out fine. He came in second. He still won a ton of money. But when you looked at the top of the board, like Zalatoris was a super popular bet. Shockingly enough, he was a super popular one-and-done last week, too. Adam Scott was another one. So you can kind of identify where the chalk is going to go in the giant one-and-done tournament solely based on where the bets are coming in that week. And there was no real money on Scheffler. It is true. So that's all. And as we talked about, those are usually the best guys to use in one and none. Because when they win, I mean, they have just as, I mean, probability wise, there's no real difference between Vic and Scheffler at this point. Like they're a coin flip. One of them wins, one of them doesn't. But if 20 people are on Hovland and one are on Scheffler, you want to be the one, put it that way. Always 100 out of 100. Even if you miss? Even if you miss, that's the side that you want to be on. Your process was 100 out of 100? Yeah. So I'm trying to – I've been sticking to it this year, so I'm going to see if I can continue that going because we still have a long way. So we'll have 21 events to go in the season, and we can actually start a season-long league at fanteams.com. At fanteam.com right now, code MMN at deposit. Play in the season-long league for the that starts the Players' Championship through the window, and you'll get a ticket into the DFS tournament they have on their site. I believe it's $10,000 prize pool for that. It's $5,000 prize pool to win the season-long tournament. I'm playing it. Come beat me. You can't beat me. Not a chance. Come try. Try to beat me. Use code MMN, fanteam.com. Draft that lineup, then you'll get your ticket. And we're doing giveaways for the Masters over there, too, just to encourage people to go sign up. I'll show you how to do it, Jeff. I'll walk you through it. I don't need a butler like Tim 
an internet butler. I know how I'll, I'm sure I'll figure out the platform. I doubt it's difficult. It's not right. User-friendly. Yeah. It's, it's super user-friendly, but uh, if you're in the U S uh, there's one link that you should probably use. If you're in the rest of the world, Canada, Europe, wherever there's another link, just hit the description. You can find one labeled USA, one labeled rest of the world to make it easy on you. Cause people couldn't figure it out for the life of them. Although Jeff, it wasn't that difficult. Will you go rate and review the show to get in that draw for the monies? Well, I'll rate and review the show, but I like I retweet like when you're giving away Millie tickets, but I don't retweet it like with the concept. Of, I don't enter. I don't even put my like username in. I just retweet to promote. But yes, I will. I will enter. I'll play this this game. Yeah. So no, I- sorry, I'm not entering to win your hundred dollars. I thought we were talking about the fan. The fan thing again. Sorry, it's, we've been sitting a long time. I've been in this position. It's, it's. it's I'm at the end of the road here. Okay, so um, next ne- next week you said you have uh, a medical checkup. Do you want to push to like Monday night or Tuesday morning? Because I have my live NCAA bracket show that I'm filming Sunday night, so I, I have Monday content next week. I don't know, or even er- oh, I don't. We, the thing is, we might not have like Valspar lines like really early Monday too, yeah, right? It could saying. be one of those. Listen, where we, we're we just waiting. push everything a day. Tambo's away next week, uh, so there, the, he won't be here for the live chat anyway. We do college basketball for the Monday content, our show for the Tuesday content, DraftKings for the Wednesday content. Perfect, that works, and that's easier for you. Yeah. So. Thank you all for watching this far on the show. Now you know that information. So when you tweet at me on Monday, Martha Shaw, I listen to every second of every show ever, all time, uh, and I don't know what's going on. You don't. That's how I know you that you don't, all right? Smash the like anyway to the channel. Sub to Mayo Media Network. Share the show around for the love of fucking Christ, please. We need to capitalize on this week. This is why we do the ratings and reviews for the podcast to help new people find the show in big weeks like this. We could use your support on that. Thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.